The Discussing Network presents Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to start by welcoming back Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you, my friend? Doing well, man. I'm happy to be here to talk about this movie. Yeah. How about you, dude? I can't complain. I am actually excited to talk about this and can't wait to talk it up with you guys. But I have to say who the rest of you guys are. Someone who is a little bit iconic this week in a milestone kind of way. And you can tell everybody why I said that, Ron Stevens. Oh, well, I just, we, he and uh, Kyle Jones here just did a recent episode about Milestone Comics. Um, just re- just dropped out today. So guys, definitely go check that out and hear, hear what we thought about that. I will have to say, I always enjoy, you know, any show that I'm on, anything that I'm watching. But there's sometimes that I really, really, really enjoy what I'm talking about. I can point out discussing who with Silence in the Library episode, but I can also point out extremely geeked out talking about Milestone comics because I loved the Milestone characters. So, oh, yes, yes, that was a fun topic, without a doubt. Indeed, but for what we are here for today, everyone, and before we move forward, I want to say, if you are listening to this podcast right now, on behalf of all of us, thank you for your time. You did not have to do this. You did not have to listen to us, and we very much appreciate you. So if you're listening, thank you, and be sure to like or subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast player. However, before we go on, I think it's appropriate for me to say, if you have not seen the 2021 The Suicide Squad, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, or actually watch the movie, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. Alrighty, we are back, and the spoiler warning has gone out. We are back to review The Suicide Squad. This is a 2021 movie by DC Warner Brothers Studios that is a continuation slash reboot, question mark, of the 2017 movie of the same name, minus the the. Summary view, Clarence Brown, I'll start with you. Summary view. What did you think? Yeah, I'm here to give the layman's non-comic book centric point of view of this movie. And from that point of view, I thought it was fun. It was fun. It was quirky. It was silly. It was sometimes dramatic, but it was always fun, I thought. Um, So for that reason, uh, I can't wait to get into the details, but I very much enjoyed it. Ryan, what about you? What do you think? Summary view. You know what? This I, I will say this was like Clarence said, man, this was a fun, fun film to watch. Uh, I laughed. Definitely an odd dropper on some certain scenes. Um, yeah, it's just a fun, fun movie. Okay. I think you guys said it very, very well. This was fun. I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. I think I went into it with a little bit of I didn't really care one way or the other. <laughs> well, me too for that but matter. I, yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I mean, and I didn't I didn't expect to get up and say, wow, okay, I actually kind of like that. So which is cool. Very cool. Yeah. It, so Ron, I want to go no, ahead. I'm just going to add, it seems like that is kind of the approach that DC took with this, in my opinion, because I don't think anyone was really amped up for a new Suicide Squad movie. I mean, because I don't think the, the the previous one was, it did great. You know, it had some, some you know, a few characters that, well, you have one character that spin off and it had, you know, Will Smith in it, but I don't <laughs> think anybody, again, even DC expected people to just be clamoring for this movie. Maybe the director made a difference, but, but who knows? So let me ask you guys a question. We're comparing this to the 2017 movie and this was exactly where i wanted to go so my question is is this a continuation or is this a reboot and ryan i'll start with you is this a continuation is it a reboot or i'll add a third one does it even really matter it you know what well i'll go with the third (laughs) one it really doesn't matter honestly because it can go either way really you can it has certain points where you can say yeah this is like the next chapter to it and then there's ones where you can, if you've never watched, you're one of the lucky few 
But if you haven't watched the original Suicide Squad, you can take this as just a, a reboot. I think that's almost, I think that's like the beauty of this film is that it's, you can take it either or. You can make it as a sequel or you can take it as just a, a restart, a reboot. I wholeheartedly agree with Ron. I mean, you can take this as it's on a little episode. <laughs> and um, if you knew some of the stuff that happened before, fine. You know, we'll bring a few of these characters over to mm-hmm. to uh, tickle your your fancy a little bit. But for the most part, you can just watch it and enjoy this self-contained adventure. And, you know, at a time where they're trying to well, who knows what they're trying to do now? We were doing a DCEU for a while. I don't know what they're doing over there now. So from that <laughs> point of view, from that point of view, it, it it felt good to just go into this and not really care about the ties at all. And that might be a good trick for the Suicide Squad movies to just let them be these, you know, little romps that don't really have to tie in anything else, but their own like little self-contained adventure. I I enjoyed that aspect of it. And I would agree with you guys wholeheartedly. You know, if I were to say minus the character of Amanda Waller, the other characters for the nature of what Suicide Squad is as a story, as a comic, it is a rotating roster and it isn't a continuation for the most part of the same character. Yes, for the last several years, it's all been Harley is the center character for the most part. But traditionally, it's a subset of characters that come together, they do something, and then they go their separate ways. It's not a team comic and a team movie a la the Avengers or a la the yeah. X-Men. Mm-hmm. It's totally you know, self-contained. Yeah, and, and, and Waller, like you said, was the thing that carried over as well as, you know, you can say Harley Quinn carried over. She went off and did her own little adventures in her movie. <laughs> but for the most part, everybody else, you know, had a few more characters that got pulled over from the other movie. But for the most part, it all felt new and fresh. Um, and there were some implications or jokes or I guess nods to some of the stuff that may, may have happened in the first movie. So let me ask you, if you guys had to choose between the first one, and the second one, and grade it based on which was more of a success and however you say success is. Which one would you say was more successful? The Suicide Squad. Either of you. That's without even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely the Suicide Squad that's more of a success. I don't, I think it's, I think when David Ayers, who I believe was the original director of the first one, I think he got caught up in with the whole Hollywood wants this done and or ordeal because like during when they made when they released the trailer in the, in San Diego Comic Con back in 2015, and then by the time it was about to be released that following year, the trailers were like two different movies. Like, and the movie was completely different from what you thought you were gonna get. And Suicide Squad was pretty much the same thing. I mean, it was well. You got what you saw in the trailers, pretty much what you got in the movies, plus more. Yeah, these Suicide Squads, I would say, a success. Clarence, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be this 2021 iteration of the movie. I will say also, if you think of the, 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 the DCEU and what it was geared toward during the time of the first movie was more of a dark tone. And... With bringing James Gunn on for this one, of course, director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, you can just tell the f- it's fun and li- lightheartedness is written all over this movie. And that's just, to me, it felt like a, a stark difference from, from what you have in the first movie, where it was a little bit darker and maybe following more of that DC Universe tone at the time. Yep. I mean, even if you look at the cinematography, I felt, and no... You know, I'm not going to go down my usual Zack Snyder rant because I have seen... Oh, you mean the executive you know, producer the, is Zack Snyder? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's still listed. I'm not going down that rant, but I will say from the tone, even the lighting, even the mood that it was set, you're 100% right. It was more of that gloom and doom and depressing and etc. and so forth. And even the story's villain in the first one had a much more 
depressing and gloom and doom arc to it. Whereas this one didn't feel that way. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if they chose a bunch of characters that would make it hard to take it serious, you know? Yes. Speaking of hard to take serious characters, what did you guys think of this opening scene and this opening part of the story where you're introduced to the Suicide Squad as we think are, hey, this is the characters that we're dealing with. And very, very quickly, we see them get killed. <laughs> Thoughts? Uh, I'm glad they cleared that up because when I guess watching the trailer and you've seen what we saw was supposed to be the team in the movie, and now we're coming to see that they're just like a decoy. That was a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a reliever for me because I was like, okay, whoo, this, this is, there's no way that this, this is going to be a two-hour movie with Weasel and three other characters that I do not know about. There's, there's no way this is going to be about these guys. No way. But I'm glad they they cleared that up and made them as a as a decoy. Uh, Clarence, what about you? What do you think? I'm I'm, I'm surprised that they were able to keep that under wraps because i totally had no idea that they were just gonna flip the script on us mm. and um yes just to see how hilarious and unorganized and just bonkers <laughs> type of characters that these that these guys were were it, it it was it was fun bloody and scary all at the same time <laughs> <laughs> to, to send these knuckleheads into a battle but yeah, Waller, man, she's cold-hearted. These guys are decoys for the real team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's 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 the guy with the the uh, the He-Man arms that poke the socket arms? Oh, uh, oh yeah, the detachable the, yeah. kid. God. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> How could this be a real character. DC character? <laughs> Shoot me now! <laughs> so cheesy. Well, you know who TDK. my favorite one. It was out of that group. My favorite one out of the group had to be Weasel. Weasel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as gross and as whatever and as ugly as that thing was, it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He killed I, 20 kids or whatever. It's like 20-something yeah, yes. kids. <laughs> and Pete Davison's character totally freaking out whenever he finds out he's a weasel and whatever. That, that, that was... Cu- Pure comedy and a good way to start the the story, mm-hmm. really. Oh yeah, we we spent the first few minutes on the the plane, kind of just each of them going at each other. Yeah, <laughs> their powers is is hilarious. But you start with Harley with them. You start with Rick Flag with them, and if you're looking at it from the audience. You know these characters are the big names. Hence, nothing is going to happen to them, especially so soon in the movie. So that added to a little bit of surprise when you do see them kicking the bucket literally so soon. <laughs> and, well, it, it did give credence to the name of the film as well. I yeah. Mean, suicide Squad. This is a seemingly a suicide mission <laughs> in exchange for a shorter sentence. So, I mean, it, it made sense that we would clearly establish that in the early moments of this film. So what did you guys think? Let's talk about the team that really was the team. And I will take... Blood sport first. I was totally confused until I read up some clarification. I thought that this was Deadshot the whole time what? until <laughs> yes, I, I, I did, and I went back and read because I didn't want to just assume because you. And I'm just going to come out and say it. I didn't want to be like I am so not assuming that you took the male black uh, actor and replace him. And I'm assuming it's the same character. <laughs> Did you think it was Will Smith And that too? is so not what, <laughs> and that was so not what happened. The, he was originally slated, Idris Elba was to replace Will Smith in the role of Deadshot, oh. but they changed the idea later to it being Bloodsport so that if Will Smith ever wanted to reprise the role, it would not be the role Idris Elba played, so that you could theoretically, potentially have them both in a movie. That would be an awesome third movie. Yeah. So, so is is Bloodsport an actual comic character then, or that, was he made up for the? No, he is an actual comic character. Okay. I went and looked it up. Interesting. Well, so what did we think of him, guys? Well, in your defense, Kyle, the movie kind of brings up the same story as um, Deadshot had in the first movie. 
for Bloodsport yes. a little bit. And even to the degree of the daughter being older, right. since hence time has passed. Right. I can see where you probably thought that would have been Deadshot. Um, I I truly enjoyed um, Elba as um, Bloodsport in this movie. Um, very compelling character. I mean, obviously, I mean it's, it's Elgis Elba. I mean, he's an amazing actor. Um, but uh, yeah, I I enjoyed him in this movie. Yeah, I, I do admit to your defense again. <laughs> those are very similar storylines, so I, I do get that. Because even I was thinking, like, what didn't it do the same thing in the first movie with right. the daughter and the blackmail? <laughs> so, so yeah, that was interesting. But with Bloodsport, what I really liked is just uh, he was sort of like Batman in a way with all his gadgets and weapons. I, that <laughs> was really freaking amazing. That I, I really love that in a movie, and and also I love. Um, the fact that he he wasn't invulnerable you know he had a very clear vulnerability his fear of rats and <laughs> of course that was pitted against who he'd have to trust in the end and befriend for that matter uh, throughout the film so yeah I, I love that dynamic there and cool to see that this tough rough and tough guy has this very clear fear going on in the film i i totally bought the character and i think you know he did a much better job with the material that he was given than Will Smith. And again, I'm not faulting Will Smith there, but I just bought his character. I liked his character more than I liked Deadshot. And again, not that I disliked uh, Will Smith's character, but but yes, spot on, totally liked him. So what about, well, we saw Rick Flagg, so I'm not going to mention he or Harley because they're continuing characters. What about Polka Dot Man and... Clarence, I'll let you take that one. Oh, Polka Dot Man. I, don't know, I think, Cal, I quite frankly think this is a character that you would love. I mean, not for his, just for his quirkiness or his need to expel this alien virus every so often, but the whole thing they did with this visual nod to him hating his mother and, and that's being, being the one thing that drops him. And I just thought it was hilarious how we had several scenes where you know, the mother is dancing in the club. The mother is the whole yes. Suicide Squad. And <laughs> it's just a visual trick. And in, 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 I guess you could say James Gunn did this a lot in this movie of doing those visual tricks that weren't really necessary, but I think added a whole bunch of, it added a lot of value to the film. And even when we did like the different segments of the, the movie with the chapters being like fire in the background or the toilet seat or whatever, I thought just the visual nods and for me again, Polka Dot Man, just just the mother is what made that character to me. It's such, it, such fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It was seeing his psychosis. And, you know, a lot of times we don't get to see it, but it was done in a seriously comedic way. And I think that was what was smart. You know, it wasn't just slapstick for the sake of slapstick, even though it was funny to see this giant version of his mother basically getting her uh leg hit and you know that was totally funny but serious at the same time yeah yeah i liked how they made his like you're saying his psychosis real to us as much as it's real to him yeah yes if that makes sense they, they, I was just gonna, they kind of did the same thing with harley too in this movie because she had a few moments where she was kind of yeah, in her she, own world. Yeah, she was in her own little world too. Yeah, yeah. They made their just making their psychosis real to us to see what is actually going in their heads as they're you know doing their thing. Um, but the main one I would say is Polka Dotted Man. His psychosis was I thought was brilliantly put out. So I I know I said let's not talk about Rick and and Harley, but I want to go back to Harley for a moment because. I'm thinking they did something with Harley, this story, and I want to see if you guys agree. They made her a little more serious, in my opinion, and not quite so much slapstick. And I think you got to see a little bit more into what makes her tick. Do you guys agree? Hmm. Maybe only slightly more serious. Yeah, just but a little I bit. Yeah, but but we definitely see the progression of her character since uh, the first Suicide Squad movie, because we because she I mean I think we're playing in the fact that she did her own movie and now she's back and free and liberated and <laughs> having her own little fun within the film. So she was 
different, but still very playful to me. Mm, yeah, I, I agree. And here's where I'm coming with that. And I actually rewound this and watched this scene twice. Maybe I'm just sick in the head or something. I don't know. But there is a scene where she has been captured. This is about middle ways through the film. She has been captured. She has been tortured. They assume that she is out like, you know, she's passed out. And the person in front of her is typing on his phone. And then you see this image of her and her eyes open. And without anything, saying anything, without any laughter, with pretty much no facial features whatsoever, she is chained up and breaks the guy's neck. <laughs> Just awesome. I know this is killing somebody, but I thought that that was brilliantly acted and brilliantly staged and all of that. I, I just thought it was really good, and it was very subtle but big. Does that make sense? Oh, oh definitely. I, I give Margot Robbie a lot of credit because her character, even when she gets the javelin from the, I forget the guy's name, but she has this javelin. Javelin man. Javelin, yeah. <laughs> I think his name oh, was Javelin. Javelin, oh, javelin yeah. oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> but but, but she, she does have this great ability to change emotional tone on a dime. And I know this very much Harley's character, but she does to me she does an excellent job of it. I mean, even in the part of the movie when we see her, you know, where she starts this relationship with the new the new uh, president. I can't remember what terminology they use, but but she, um, you know, you think they're in love, and she just turns on a dime and and, and changes that whole dynamic. So I, I give Margot Robbie a lot of credit in this movie because she she she's made for that character. I can't I can't really see anybody else pulling it off the way she does. Nope. Totally, totally agree. Ryan, do you have anything you want to add on I, her? You know, I wholeheartedly agree with what Clarence was saying about that. Margot Robbie, she's definitely has embodied the character of um, Harley Quinn. Just how she she's able to present that complexity about her. Yeah, she's trying, like she's emancipated herself and she's free from... <laughs> She's free from the Joker. She's free from Mr. J. Yeah, from Mr. J. Pudding, you know. So, <laughs> but uh, she's, like I said, she's made this character her own thing. And you can tell how she's, yeah, she still has those things she's picked up from the Joker within her. But you can tell that she's trying her best to, I guess, hold on whatever humanity that she has left from that. Yeah, but yeah, brilliantly done by uh, Margot Robbie. All right, so let's move on really quick to Peacemaker. Any thoughts on him? And Clarence, why don't you take Peacemaker first? Uh, I am not a huge John Cena fan, I'll just say that. But he was great in this movie. (laughs) You're not a member of the C-Nation? I am not a member of the C-Nation at all. But, oh my God. Because I I recently saw him in F9, where he's the little brother of Vin Diesel, uh, ironically enough, spoilers. Uh, But but he was great in this movie. I really enjoyed him. He was funny. um, Even for such an outlandish uh, toilet seat head character, very believable. (laughs) I I know nothing about the character... um, as far as the comics, I know nothing about the character, but to me, that's, this just feels like a role he was born to play. Very enjoyable. Um, very, he, I, I like the dynamic of uh, he, Rick Flagg, and Bloodsport. I just, I want to see something with just those three in it because they have a great dynamic together of, you know, they're similar but slightly different. They go back and forth and they have the quips back and forth. So, um, just the dynamic with those guys, I think he fit in well. And it honestly was my surprise, uh, one of the surprises of this film. Because like I said, my my thoughts of John Cena as an actor are not high at all. So I was very, very much enjoyable, very much enjoyable in this film for, for what he was able to do. And, and maybe we might see something down the line. Ryan, what about you? What do you think? John Cena! <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> um, I I enjoy. And I, I take it you are a member of the C Nation. Meh, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> um, I enjoyed I enjoyed uh, John Cena. This I, I pretty much about anything. He's a very funny um, actor. I think I watched him in a couple other movies. He's popped in. 
I'm trying to remember. I think he did. Um, I haven't seen um, F9 yet. I probably never won't. I don't know. But because um, <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to figure out how does he have a brother. But Dom always talks about family. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, John Cena as. Oh, sorry. Now, I was just gonna say, if, uh, Fast and the Furious is a bigger comic book franchise than the comic book franchises. Just believe me on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure. But uh, John Cena's Peacemaker, I, I definitely enjoyed. But I enjoyed him even more, like Clarence said, with with him going back and forth with Bloodsport and and Rick Flag. Um, I I kind of want to see more of him as peacemaker i mean granted i know what happened in the movie and they often in the movie but i would like to see more if they can find a way to write him back into the continuity of things or do a prequel movie to something to him being before he dies um hmm. yeah I, I so i'm assuming then and since we've already given the spoiler warning I'll, i can say this so i'm assuming that you did not see the end credits at least all of them except i may have i thought i seen them all because I've so you then missed the uh, coming soon in twenty. Well, it didn't say twenty twenty two. Basically, Peacemaker survived. Does he? I'll just okay. That hey, yes, awesome, indeed. awesome. So we are getting an eight episode. I believe it's eight episode series starring John Cena as well of two as well as two of the people working for Waller, and they are. I believe written either directed or some written or mostly written by Gunn himself. So a la Disney that Plus. is coming and <laughs> yes, a la Disney Plus. This to me, this is what DC has been needing for so long. Cause honestly, it, I don't care about their shows on TV. I might watch them sometimes. I don't really care. But if they can make the continuity of their TV properties as with Disney Plus has been doing the last few years, let it let it sync up and match and continue to love these characters a little bit more uh, off screen, off the big screen. I am all for that. Now, who mm -hmm. knows if this series is going to be any good, but mm -hmm. but I just think it's that's what kind of direction DC may need to go in. Yes. So I will say that I am a John Cena fan, not always as his re wrestling character. But I have seen him over the years enough to say that I do believe he is a good actor. However, he, he got stuck, in my opinion, in the thing that happens to many people who are wrestlers. And, um, and fortunately, The Rock was able to break out of this. There's only so far you can go in WWE films as far as the um, quality of the movies, I will Wait, say. Wait, they have their own film division? Yeah. Yes. That's <laughs> the <a> thing. <laughs> okay. So Sorry. as in one of John Cena's first movies or two was called The Marine, I believe. Yeah, the first one was The then, Marine, yeah. as when I quit watching WWE several years ago, they were on like The Marine 30 using various, uh, and I'm being funny, but seriously, there were at least six or five or six more Marine movies with different people that they were trying to give a movie career, quote unquote. Oh my God. So that being said, I'm, I'm glad that he's able now to do something outside of WWE because I think he is talented. Oh, yeah. So good. Train try. wreck. He's in train wreck. Yes, yes. I forgot about that. That's Oh, I just thought you were talking about WWE films, train wrecks. <laughs> I just thought you were talking about WWE, period. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's a little segue in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, wrestling fans. I didn't mean it. I was just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to mention before we get into Starro and the, because um, I don't want to keep us too awfully long, but I have to mention one of the bad guys and clarence i am obligated to ask you about the thinker i don't know i don't know the idea of it being peter capaldi it it at first i thought that would lend itself to some amazing acting sequence or some unforeseen reason why we want to go pull our awesome uh actor from overseas in on this film but honestly it it could have been anybody. I don't. 
I don't really think he brought anything to the role that anybody could do. I mean, he didn't have a lot of lines to begin with. He, he said very little. Wasn't even in the film a whole lot. So, you know, I, I really don't know the reason why. Unless uh, Peter Capaldi just wanted to do something different and fun. Which, if that's his aim, I give him a lot of credit. But other than that, I, I, you know, could have been anybody. Okay. Ryan, before I give my thoughts, I have to ask you. What did you think of The Thinker? Who? <laughs> oh, you are good. Very good. I got precisely. Yeah, I got a, I got an A plus on that one, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did. You got you got like an extra credit for that one, even. <laughs> I'm with Clarence. Didn't really care for the character. Um, and me knowing how good of an actor he is, I thought that they probably could have just picked anybody because if if he's not going to be on there for that long, and you're going to off him in some point in the movie but also to like Clarence said too i guess if he was trying to do something different trying to do a little bit of fun like hey i want to i want to die in a film today let's let's go for that (laughs) (laughs) you know but um yeah uh, you know yeah it didn't he didn't really wow me like that he didn't really like wasn't an outstanding or outbreaking character in the in the film so i thought he was in the movie for people like me to be able to say, ooh, I wonder how the doctor is going to be in this yeah, movie. They tried to bait I you. I will say that this. Was your, that was your bait. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> that that was part of the bait. I have to be honest. It truly and truly, truly was. That said, the visual of him, and Clarence, you'll know exactly what I'm referring to. I couldn't help, every time I saw him, I could not help but think of series 10 of Doctor Who, spoilers, with the desk that he that he had and he had this uh, big pencil jar of sonic screwdrivers in his desk. And I was imagining, okay, you just broke all the sonic screwdrivers and stuck them in your head because that's what it looks like is you've got sonic screwdrivers sticking out of your head. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was what I saw every freaking time was sonic screwdrivers sticking out of your head. Well, Well, for me, another thing that really made me forget about Doctor Who completely with him is um, the fact that he was bald headed. So I, it, it visually, uh, yes. visually, it made me not, you know, directly connect those together for some reason. But his eyebrows were still angry. <laughs> I have to say that. <laughs> to give you, oh, before we, oh, before we move on, uh, just to give you a little more of a, a laugh about the Who, have any of you watched World War Z? A long time ago. It, okay. <laughs> and I think I know where you're going, but go okay, for it. So he's it a scientist. Uh, he's like a scientist that's working for who in the movie? Yes. The the World Health Organization, yes, right? The World that's Health funny. Organization. I thought that's that funny. was and, hilarious that he works for who. And in the movie credits, he is listed Peter Capaldi as the who doctor. Really? <laughs> Was yes. it? This was before. Uh... This was, I think, out right before. I think he had been announced as twelve, but had not officially taken over. You know, the, uh, from Matt Smith yet. But um, yeah, I think he was listed in the credits as the Who Doctor. Hmm. Capaldi has a knack for playing people behind uh, bad organizations. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I have one other character, and I saved her for last. What did you guys think of Ratcatcher? And Ron, I will start with you. I was compelled by this character, honestly. Because we all know like Suicide Squad is supposed to be a bunch of these scum of the earth, not so likable characters. And they managed to put a character that kind of helps humanize all this these central cogs in this, in this team. Yeah, I, I actually kind of like this character. I thought she was going to be the first one often in this movie. So I'm kind of glad they kept her in it. I'm kind of glad that she's in, she was in this movie. Like I said, she was a very compelling character. Still trying to figure out exactly why. I guess they said the reason she used her rat powers to steal once her father died. That's not funny. But um, she should not be in the same league with these other scum of the earth people i don't think she, yeah, she yeah took... i agree she doesn't really belong with the group at all but yeah yeah she she because even the, like if if you listen to her backstory she was saying that they consider her arrest as armed robbery with rats like 
Really? Like, okay, it, it, but that oh. that lands you on uh, a man Bell Rev. radar. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> really? Okay. But it makes perfect sense to me. Really and truly, it makes perfect sense, and I'll tell you why. Amanda Waller is a stone cold bleak. Oh. We, we we know this. We you know it's it, she, she's obviously that. That being said, what better way to manipulate Bloodsport than to put and who has daddy issues, meaning as being a father to his daughter, mm. than to put him and on a team with someone who is seeking that type of relationship and to develop that bond. That was Waller manipulating him left, right, and center. That, to me, is why she was on the team. I'm going to make you a leader is what she said. So. Yeah. Yes, yep, indeed. She did. And I, I can't even pronounce the actor's name. Daniela something. <laughs> uh, she she was she was great in the oh, yeah. role too. Uh, I I had never seen that actor or anything, but I thought she did a wonderful, very believable job. And I you know I want to see more stuff with her in it. Let me ask you guys about what I will say is the character that I did not expect to like that I went in wanting to make fun of, but actually found very entertaining which was the shark but with uh, Sylvester Stallone. I thought, to me, he was one of the breakout characters. I enjoyed him, and I'm curious to know what you guys thought. Clarence, what do you say? What's his name? Wal, 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 Wal something? What was his real name? Do you remember? Uh, they I don't said remember. it a couple of times, but it did not stick. But I just, went with, <laughs> I just, I just went with King Shark because that's, that's the main one I know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't even realize it was Sylvester Stallone until after. Maybe I should have paid a bit more attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it's hmm. it's kind of cliche because he's the big heavy, but he's dumb in a way. So that, that's very cliche of the big the big guy of, of the team. That was fine. But just seeing this outlandish all CG character. In the movie, amazing how good technology is. Even though I knew it was all CG, I'm thinking it was CG, right? Yes. Not once did I not believe it. I did not believe it. It As outlandish as it looks on the screen, I I just bought it all. I mean, uh, let's be honest, it's not the most outlandish thing we've seen in this movie on screen, but but just a good job. Again, on nothing about this character. I kind of like the aspect of how, again, innocent, big and dumb, but they did, they were able to befriend them enough to get, you know, the character's trust. I mean, we see, we see early in the film, he's finna eat rat catcher too. So yeah, uh, once you have someone like that on your side, I guess you're, you're good to go. So I, I guess I really, really enjoyed it. You know, comedy relief. Kind of, but, you know, really enjoy it in the film. Now I just want to go around saying nom, 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 <laughs> nom, nom, <laughs> But, yeah, I enjoyed that. But let's go on to another character. And Wait, Ron, did I give you an opportunity to give your thoughts? Oh, well, I'll just say, yeah, it, I, got, I did enjoy King Shark on there. It definitely has some funny moments in there. Um, I would say I was slightly confused about his pirate scales sometimes because, like... <laughs> Like, at one point, it seems like he's bulletproof, and then these man-eating jellyfish things are able to pierce through his skin. Yeah. That That made no sense. Yeah, but then he gets shot up by, he was getting shot up by the militia, but, like, they weren't doing anything to him, other than just making him more mad, but, um, yeah, I I did enjoy King Shark. I think he served his purpose to be that, that, uh lovable-ish type, you know, comic relief character in the film. All right. So what did you guys think of the villain of the film, which was Starro the Conqueror? And Ryan, why don't you take it first? What did you think of Starro? Okay, so I don't think that this film still doesn't get away from, like, an overpowered villain. The first one they had to go against basically a god, and how and somehow they managed to beat a god i don't know how that even transpired into into that film but they're going against basically a humongous space starfish (laughs) and are you telling me that a person a marksman girl who controls rats with a magical wand and a goddess vomits polka dots is supposed to stop this 
80-foot starfish. Okay, so a guy that runs really fast, a guy with a green ring, uh, an Amazon princess, a Superman, and whoever else was on the Justice League at this time, they were supposed to stop him too, right? Supposedly, yeah. Yeah, but you see what I'm saying? So I I, I totally get your point, but I think the absurdity of the point is the point itself. Right, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But it just seems, I, I guess... It seems like they're outmatched to this character, I guess. But maybe that's the point of your villain's supposed to be outmatched. But maybe there's some kind of way there's a way to, you know, you think they can beat them. But, I mean, other than a way that's not seemed too, I guess, too weak, I guess. Like, they basically, Starro lost to being eaten alive by millions yeah. and millions of rats. I didn't realize there were that many rats in... <laughs> <laughs> on this Once, island but hey okay <laughs> i think i like the overall story of starro you know just being this star floating out in space minding his own business but here comes america's america this <laughs> is gonna take it and and um and, and bring it and try to experiment on it as we do and make some weapons out of it and lo and behold we got this country off here on this island to do the dirty work for us <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting how they made uh, essentially by having Starro being brought in by America and taken to this island the message in the movie was America bad kinda which I thought was interesting so um, you know but as, but as far as him being this the big bad of this movie I did like he ha- how he had his mini, I forgot what you call them, but the mini Starros going and uh, making making it basically almost a zombie movie by the end of it. So I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty interesting where, you know, as with the, the zombie bite, you had these people who once they're infected, they're gone. They're might as, uh, they might as well be corpses, but they're doing the bidding of this. I think I think I think of him more as as a telepathic control type villain versus, you know, the big giant star because really that part of it was less creepy to me versus the i'm controlling this whole population to do my yes uh, do my bidding on the ground as my ground truth you know so what i liked about it versus what they do in the comics when you know starro's defeated the starfish always just you know fall off and the people are fine and whoop-de-doo and there they go but with this those stars literally burrow yeah. in and eat your face there were definitely consequences if you got latched on yes <laughs> yes which i thought was a way of presenting starro which was a little bit more believable excuse me believable yeah yeah and again like a a good well, interesting way to kind of ease in a zombie type story into you know this story until this this movie which I, I again i really enjoyed that aspect of it all right so I want to ask you guys, what was your favorite moment or favorite scene? Did you have a favorite scene or moment in the movie? And Clarence, I'll start with you. What was your favorite scene or moment in the movie? Hmm. I haven't really thought about that at all. Again, like I think I enjoyed the entire movie more so, but can I get my least favorite? Yeah, absolutely, you can. So, so my least favorite is the moment on the bus when we go into the rat catcher's history. Um, and, and also we went into a bit of, uh, blood sports history as well. But to me, that whole scene where they're riding in the town on the bus, it, it, to me, we could have fit in those touch points somewhere else in the movie, because to me, it just like took a movie that felt fast paced and upbeat and it took a break for a little too long and it lulled a little bit in that moment so if we could just cut that whole part out i would love the movie a lot more i will agree with what you just said because i watched this movie in two parts and the part that i stopped on (laughs) was that one oh man all right ryan favorite or least favorite scene yeah i would say the least favorite was that part i think not so much data had to cut that part out i think that could at least shorten it because I don't think they needed to go that far into Ratcatcher's backstory. Because when Bloodsport was given this story, you didn't see like a little backdrop of his story, you know, unfolding behind him and all that stuff. He just basically said what it was, what happened to him. I think they could have done that same thing, and it would have been as long as it should have been. Favorite moment definitely was when they were, uh, when they were 
raiding through that rebel camp. (laughs) That was so hilarious to me. And then at the end, they find (sighs) Rick Flagg just chumming it up with the leader. With them having tea and all that. And they're like, hey, what's going on? (laughs) Like, why didn't my team didn't alert me that you were here? You know, that's because they think it. <laughs> yeah, because I that hurt of... my heart, man. That hurt my heart. <laughs> I'm like, they just off the good guys. <laughs> they off the good guys. <laughs> but that's... but that 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 whole scene pretty much set the tone of what this movie is going to be about. I mean, throughout the entirety of this film, because there's just a lot of you know awesome moments, but in those office moments, there's just a lot of goofiness going on, and that definitely was probably like the goofiest moment in the whole entire film. Yeah, yeah. Like they're trying to be complete, you know, complete BAs, but they end up being idiots and not realizing that they just off, you know, they're the good guys. My my jaw was definitely on the floor when he said that. I'm like, oh my god, that's what, what the girl up no. <laughs> so my favorite scene out of the entire movie was toward the end, and it was when Waller got the box out, demanded the box out, and she's about to hit the button on detonating for Bloodsport's device that's implanted, and then one of the people working for her knocked her the bleep out. That was my favorite scene because I I, I was all for that because I do not like Amanda Waller. Obviously, no one's supposed to, but I was so glad when somebody finally gave it to her. Um, yeah. Ed, can I ask you a question, Kyle? How well do you know Amanda yes. Waller? I know her enough to... The fact that I don't like her. Okay, okay. So this was my problem. I guess you just remind me about that. This is that's another least favorite moment I had was her outburst to them, like ignoring her orders. Like I expected to have get a little a little testy about it, but I didn't think that she would just basically have a temper tantrum <laughs> in that scene. I guess, but I, I, that is that Amanda Waller is that how she usually acts when she's not getting her way or well i you don't normally see amanda waller emotional not get her way well or is that emotional she is so yeah yeah she is so chess piece on the board you you know one of the best visuals of amanda waller is in the justice league or justice league unlimited um cartoon yeah. There's a scene where it's she and Batman, spoilers, where Batman is confronting Amanda Waller and you better not do this and you better not do that. And she just looks up at him and says something like, okay, rich boy. And just (laughs) in that, letting you know, I know you're Batman. I mean, I know who Batman really is and just walks away. Now, I like her doing stuff like that where she's cold and calculated. And I think Viola Davis is a, brilliant oh, actor yeah. i don't think she is right for amanda Waller. Mm. that's just my take and, and and i really liked again i'm always looking for the, a message here but she's just being like a freaking jerk she has the opportunity to help this team that want to do something good obviously going against her wishes and possibly right, that's government what... but 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 I, I give the team those those people in the in the room with her a lot of credit for being in the room where it's happening and not saying, we're not going to let you do this. You know, they right. knock her out and like take over the mission. Like, I don't care who you are. If you are, if, even if you're in person power, you being a jerk and you're doing things that are not good, evil <laughs> or bad things, not necessarily evil. Maybe the whole mission is evil, but bad things. Uh, uh, no, we're not going to, we're not going to stand for it. And, you know, mm-hmm. they knock her out. Now, and again, like if you remember the first movie, and I only know this because I watched the video, but in the first movie, she offed her whole team. She killed everybody. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad she got knocked out. <laughs> and, and you, you got to think of it, too. This is someone who is wielding a team of people who are criminals. So remember, for the most part now, yes, they, they have sympathetic characters here. And I'm not saying that everybody who is a criminal is a bad person. That's not what I mean. But there, she's taking people who are serving time for whatever reason to do these clandestine operations that have to be off the book. So you've got to have somebody that's morally questionable yeah. 
Yeah. To go into the, because the very nature of what she does is questionable. Yeah. 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 You're right. You just, you don't, you can't really have, I guess, a, you can't wear your, your heart wearing on, you know, on your sleeve with this kind of, with this kind of job title. So yeah, that makes sense. So I will tell you what you can wear on your sleeve if you so wish to, which is your final rating. What do you think on a scale of one to five? What would you give this movie? Ryan, I will start with you. I got to give it a nine. On a one to five. Oh, but if a nine's yeah, good, nine that's good. good. The one to five, <laughs> 4.5, I give it a 4.5 for sure. All right, 4.5. Clarence Brown, what say you? I'm going to give it a four. It it it's one of the most enjoyable DC EU movies I've seen in a while. So mm. yeah, definitely more enjoyable than Wonder Woman. So <laughs> yeah, mm. I, I I think I liked it. Yeah, four. You know, it's okay. it's kind of sad that they had to take people from Marvel over, over to make a good yeah. DC film, right? <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hand clap for you, sir. <laughs> you <are awesome. laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You know, I'm, well, and, and bring people from across the pond to make it right. good. Well, easy. you know, that's debatable, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, b- before I said a 1 to 5 rating, I was going to give it, you know, maybe a 1 to 15, and I was going to rate this 12 out of 15. But since I'm not doing that and I won't rate it 12, I will say that I will give this a 4. I'll, I'll give it a 4. I enjoyed it. I had a satisfying ending. And I agree, it was better than Wonder Woman 84. So, uh, yeah, not a 12, but a 4. That's what I'm going to get. I want to see James Gunn direct a Wonder Woman movie. That would be amazing. Hmm. Hmm. I'm on board. I wouldn't (laughs) say no to that. Yeah, I wouldn't say no to that. I'm trying to think of what Wonder Woman character that could be a completely animated character. Maybe... The invisible plane could have a personality. I don't know. But (laughs) gentlemen, final question. Ryan, where else might you be found on the internet? Uh, Well, you can definitely find me on Twitter, um, ego underscore podcast, and also Instagram as well. Same thing, um, ego underscore podcast. You can check me out there, check on the behind the scenes, things that I'm reading throughout the week with comic books. Yeah, that's where you can find me there. Awesome. Clarence Brown, what about you? I'm just going to say also go check out the Extremely Geeked Out podcast because I've just been listening to the shockingly iconic episode 34 with you guys talking about Milestone. And uh, actually, I, I I got like, what, 20, almost 30 minutes in and I stopped it and I went to Amazon and bought those first two. Well, I bought the first issue of the Milestone or Back then I bought the first issue of Static, and I'm going to read those before I continue <laughs> listening to the rest of the podcast. So you got me interested in Milestone. Sweet. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to say thank you again, Ron, for recording that episode. It was a fun thing for me to do. So, again, everyone go check out the episode from Extremely Geeked Out that we're just talking about, or if you would like to listen to more Doctor Who or Star Trek or any of the other things that we talk about, you can find us all on DiscussingNetwork.com. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. 